Welcome to Bevington Banter, the show where we can sound like we're arguing even when we all agree. I'm Cassidy, and together with my brother Cade and dad Randy, each week we discuss a selection of news stories, topics surrounding the culture, and matters of freedom and faith. Thanks for listening. Follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Share it, and if you like what you hear, rate it five stars on Apple and Spotify. Well, I have breaking news, actually. Mere minutes ago, Cole let me know that he was refused service at a lab draw location for his um, TB lab that he needs to start his next semester of school because he wasn't wearing a mask. And so he just didn't do it. I said, I've never been so proud. Well, actually, that's not exact. I just said I'm so proud right now. So he can't finish his last semester of school? No, he's going to find a different. Oh. I know that you can do it at LabCorp. I did a test there a while back and I didn't wear a mask. Yeah, that Dr. Ja just came out like what, within the last week or two? And said there's really no study that shows there's any benefit to masking. I mean, he's like a head. He's one of the big head Freds at the White House for COVID these days. Hmm. It, 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 I don't understand. It's just like nobody. They don't. They don't. We, it's like, OK, we'll just do. But we, we're going to do what we want to do. So that's Pretty what that job. study says. But we're just going to do what we want to do. Well, that's, the FDA is actually looking into Pfizer now. For their vaccine and the side effects. Yeah, and I just saw that the CDC. The CDC is, is opening investigation to start, too. Yeah, investigating this. That must be to cover this. their rears, though, because <laughs> the CDC. Oh yeah, they're they're going to do everything they can to protect themselves from all this house ju- judiciary yeah. stuff. I think it's because the same reason why Biden's talking about his classified documents right now. In the FDA's research that came out, they cite the CDC. They're saying that the issues would have been known sooner if not for the CDC's actions of like not allowing people to record these certain effects in the VAERS database. Well, so they're holding them accountable. I, I never knew people being restricted from entering things in the database unless there were like hospitals that were keeping their. Well, I think the way they said it was on their reporting, like some kind of form they have in an app. There's a mobile app, VSafe, that surveyed people after. And the heart problems on there, they had like some kind of chart, but there was no like checkbox option for that. They had other effects you could checkbox. It was only if you like typed it out. But then if you type it out, it makes like data analysis and collection, like categorization a lot harder, even if people do choose to enter it because it's all, you know, different language. Right. So, if it's not just a simple checkbox like, and it's right. going to have a hard time. Somebody's going to have to go in and yeah. interpret it and to categorize it. But Right. They, and so and if you go to search like the the records and the, you know, survey, like it, you're not going to find all those. Yeah. You know, in even um, before it was approved, given its emergency authorization in the minimal amount of studies that they did do, they came back with like a 22 percent, I believe it was adverse reaction. For the people that were in the study, it was, just, you know, um, so h- how do you how do you get that approved even for emergency authorization when you have a 22 percent of the people that you're testing it on having a negative reaction to it? We already know so, it was more than that for so, pregnant women. Somebody's like going to nine or something. Somebody is is guilty of something and probably a lot of people are guilty of a lot of things but everybody wants to shuffle all around the papers all around so that it comes out in the end that nobody's guilty of anything and it's that's if that's just not reality yeah 20 percent 20 percent suffered from heart attacks and since there was no check boxes and people had to write in their own two percent suffered from heat attacks <laughs> what yeah they typo. They typo. If you have to, if you have to type it in yourself, you'd have like a bunch of heat, like heat attacks. Like it'd be like, wait, this is really weird. What do you think heat attack means? Well, I think it means that you made them type it themselves, and they're not that smart. Yeah, and spell check doesn't catch that. <laughs> well, this one has a capital H, and this one is a lowercase h. So those are two different those are two categories. Different. Yeah, those are two different things. This person didn't a cat- put a space there- a between heart attacks. It's just one word. Heart attacks. That's is a there, different category. Is there a category for medical coincidence? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we should put that link on. We should just so people. It is. Fun yeah, we'll just, people. We'll, okay. Oh. Yeah, we'll send. We'll the, send the, the Kaufman link. Institute it's for too Coincidence. Long to play. Yeah, but that yeah, that but is so funny. Is perfect. <laughs> just yeah. My absolute favorite thing that they treat um, is magnetic skin. 
Oh, yeah. That listed at the end. Remember that weird thing <laughs> yeah. at the beginning when people got their first shots and they could stick like refrigerator magnets to the injection site? Yeah, Do right at that? the site. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Magnetic I, skin. I posted a clip um, from a doctor that was saying 15 years ago, the Army, I think it's DARPA, their medical research people, did a study where for the, like the next SARS, you know, COVID outbreak like they had had um, to be prepared for it. And they determined that ivermectin was by far the proper, you know, response right, to it. Yeah. And even hydro, hydro, hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine. It's funny. We did the same exact thing on the last episode. You forgot that word. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I always want to say hydrochloroquine, but it's hydro, hydroxychloroquine. Um, anyways, that they knew this 15 years ago. And it was completely shut down, shut down this time. It wasn't, you couldn't even talk about it. It couldn't even be mentioned. It couldn't be prescribed. Pharmacies wouldn't give it. That's criminal. That is criminal. That is. Didn't we find that some states were actually stockpiling it though, as they were telling people that they couldn't take it? Well, yeah. And they tried, they limited, Florida was using it. So they cut back Florida's, um, what they could get of it. Because Florida was using it and getting good results, and so they they cut back their dis, you know their distribution allotment. It, it, but but that was laid in. That was we were well into the pandemic by we were a year and a half, two years into the pandemic by the time that was happening. I mean, from this should have been they knew this day one, day one they knew this, and all these people wouldn't be treated. Instead, they waited till they got so bad they put them in the hospital, put them on a vent, and they died. And that was the only option that you had. Yeah, on top of talking about how many people have potentially died from the vaccine, let's talk about how many people... Yeah, when you combine it with how many people unnecessarily died from COVID, from being treated incorrectly, put on ventilators, being denied we, proper medication. We have hundreds of thousands proper, yeah. of people that have millions. died. It, millions. It, well, I mean, in this country. But worldwide, yeah, millions. Yeah. I think I think it's millions in this country. Well, what's so this the... Was, a while ago, but we never talked about it that DeSantis, did we? That he was seeking that grand jury investigation? We touched on it, I think. But yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Into COVID-19 vaccinations. Yeah. Do, do you know anything that's coming of that? No. A development? Okay. No. no, I know. Latest thing I know now is he's trying to make it so that commie Chinese can't buy property yeah in florida China, the chinese communist oh. party can't buy property even through good like um holding right like other holding companies, companies. yeah because yeah, yeah. it's not like it's not like he said not like xi shows up with a credit card and buys it it's being done it's not part of the government it's done through other independent holding companies but it's still the there is no separation between corporate china and the chinese government government no that's what communism means yeah. by definition <laughs> So you also alluded to the fact uh, of you said something about Biden talking about his classified documents. You want to go into that? Oh, you mean Biden's Corvette skiff? Oh, my gosh. His locked garage. I love that when he goes, yeah, next to my Corvette. Yeah. Thanks for telling I us love how Corvette. I, I love he is how the most insecure saying, person. I, I like how he's basically saying that it. I love that Corvette so much that if that garage is safe enough to keep my Corvette in it, it's safe enough to there keep those go. documents. If well, guess what, logic. Joe? It's not. Because, I mean, some of those documents that... They, so basically, does, say, in does case everyone you remember how Trump had some classified documents at Mar-a-Lago? Well... In a room that was locked. In a room locked with a lock that was... That approved was, by uh, the Secret Service. The F no, approved by the FBI. Okay. So it was protected by the Secret Service. The FBI actually came in to see the classified documents, and they recommend he use a certain lock for where he keeps those documents. And so he so said, he okay, did. and he put that certain lock in. So not only that, so not only uh, on top of that, he was actually president at the time who does have declassify authority. Um, do you know who doesn't have declassify authority? Would that be the vice president? The vice president, which Biden was at the time that he took those documents. It was after he left the Obama administration. The vice president doesn't get to do that. So he had them at this think tank of his at Penn, and where he was a professor. <laughs> a well, this professor is the first of place what? they found them. 
<laughs> yeah, they've they found now three batches of them. Well, the first one included 10 documents that are SCI, Sensitive Compartmentalized Information. Um, it is not to be viewed outside of a skiff. I don't think you're really ever supposed to make them digital. I mean, it's beyond eyes only. Well, yeah, beyond the where it's viewed, this compartmentalized means you could have uh, you could have a top secret clearance. You could have a level of crypto clearance. If you don't have a need to know compartmentalized, Correct. then you yeah. don't see it. And um, the other thing that was a little bit so that then they found more in the garage with the Corvette. Um, I don't. It seemed like there was a lot more because you can literally see them in a picture. Has it, have you seen? There's a video where Biden's driving his Corvette out of that garage, and someone took a still photo, and you can see piled up boxes of like folders and stuff in the back of the garage, and everyone's thinking that those are it. That they're just like haphazardly thrown about the garage, classified well, documents. Well, here's an interesting <laughs> thing. Um, Miranda Devine came out and showed that in 2018, Hunter Biden had said he actually was the owner of that home where Joe's Corvette is kept. Yeah. Also, there is communication from uh, involving Hunter Biden that was on the laptop that they found that talks about the documents at Penn being a revenue source. No. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's that's that was actually known way before these documents were um, right. So found. the documents yeah. at, ke- being kept at Penn, which uh, again remind you, includes ten SCI level documents. Now Penn and this think tank is also the place that has received up to fifty four million dollars in uh, donations from, or whatever. I don't China. know what it would be from from the Chinese Communist Party. So if those documents are a source of revenue. And that think tank has been given $54 million by the Chinese Communist Party. Where do you think that we have sent those documents? I do not understand how you just go out of skiffs with these documents and stuff. Because I've been well, in... That's you know, just it. You don't. They're watching you Cassidy, like and you know care. that you don't. You had to purposely be deceptive to get those out of there. Yeah. Even, even in meetings that were not at that level. Just any level of secret, classified meetings if you take any notes if you want them later if you take handwritten notes it doesn't matter you could draw a doodle you can't take that doodle out of that meeting but whatever you write on there if you want it they can scan it in on the all the classified um tech the appliances for the technical whatever so, so if you take notes they have to like either shred they can it scan or it, classify in, it in 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 the meeting room it has to be labeled with the classification they scan it in. They can send it to your classified, um, secured email account that you can only uh, access in like certain rooms on certain computers, right? And then they shred it right there. That are these like super crazy mega fine shredders. Yeah, that's and because you can o- you can only um, you can only access them on computers on the intranet, not the yes. internet, the intranet. Correct. Right. Which is just a, a completely self contained network. Right. Yeah. And I just want for those of you if, if you're not a regular listener, I mean. Cassidy speaks of what she has firsthand knowledge of. So, yeah. How did they give you? How did they give you information you weren't supposed to talk about just in a meeting? <laughs> when they talk about like a layout of a Soviet sub, don't say anything. Oh, oh, everything. Yeah, surely you had some knowledge. Everything then. we did, yeah, everything we did was in um, a, a closed room uh, that was you know locked. The door was always locked on our shop, and there were no windows. And yeah, it was in a thick concrete building you know interior to no exterior walls and that was back you know and and what we were doing is chump change compared to probably what this stuff is all about oh, of course did they and, show, and, and did all they of our materials and all inside of that all of our materials were left inside it were locked inside of safes inside that yeah, i was room. gonna say so like they don't open the safes until the door to the room is on is locked yeah and then they get then they get the stuff yeah out. you, you, can you look don't at it, you then don't you put it back then you can you then don't you leave, leave the room empty like of our shop, the, the the twelve thirteen guys that worked there, that that the room was not empty with safes unlocked. If it, if we left the room, if everybody had to leave the shop, then all the safes are locked, and everything's put so away. yeah. Even our even our um, secured room in the office building that I was in, we had one secured room. There were some buildings that like the whole building was, but um, we had one room that we called like the safe, and you had to um, if there was if there was people in there then it's just a tumbler lock like you still have to put it in and scan enter but like if there's nobody in there 
then you like also there's an additional additional level of like security that gets added additional lock and like alarm we also if somebody came into our shop that was not a part of our shop and we had classified material out you you rather than doing the whole and you're like working on it um you either stop working on it and put it away or you cover it and stay with it while just so their eyes can't see it i mean it wasn't it wasn't to be you know wasn't to be trifled with and and if you do take it out it's all you sign for it and account for it and if if one of us would have gotten you know was found to have one of those documents outside of those locations we would be like a lot of like the other people that you see in the government who oh they had four classified documents you know in their home and they are now standing trial and they lost their security clearance and their jobs and meanwhile what i want to know apparently if you're high enough up it doesn't matter what I want to know about this that struck me immediately when I heard um, Joe Biden's first response, and I haven't heard anybody bring it up, he, I want to know who they is. He was talking, he said, Biden said they set up his office, this office at Penn, at the Penn-Biden think tank, which is an oxymoron. Um, and, <laughs> and they took documents to his office. Who's the they? He talks about it like, well, one, he's obviously trying to separate himself from it. He didn't do this. They did. Okay, who's they? So we can talk to they and find out their story. Another thing that I this thought This could was, be one person. We don't know anymore. Right. But they, it's still, they, they, them, can only be, could be one I person now. I don't think Joe, I, I, Joe Biden's Twitter profile is not, the pronouns are not they, them. So I don't think, it, he's not talking about himself. He's trying to distance himself like, I didn't do this. Hey, Another isn't thing, one of the pronouns you can use now G? <laughs> G did it. Yeah. Uh, you don't know. Am I talking about a non-binary or am I talking about the dictator of China? Um, you don't know. But the other thing Jonathan Turley pointed out is that these documents have been moved at least three times. This isn't just a like, you know, they went straight from the White House into his the, the, the Penn Biden office. Because the Penn Biden office wasn't set up until he had been out of office for, I think, two years, but it was some time. So they had to be somewhere before they were before they took them to the office. And then they were in the process of moving them again when it was discovered. They were they in were the reported. trunk of his court. They were in the trunk of his Corvette for two if years. He would have kept them on hard drives and he could just wipe them. Like with or a, just like send, with a claw. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. there's another big question, <laughs> and I said this to Cade a day or two ago: is if if they aren't trying to burn Biden, and you know, so he can't, so he doesn't run for president again. Why, if you found these and knew it was a problem, why didn't you just take him and burn him, and nobody would ever be any of the wiser? I thought that too. If there was his people in his office were saying that they found him, right? Yeah. Why would his people is, burn him? I think that I this is the intentional dismantling of the Bidens. Okay, I heard another theory that was, like, basically, if they prosecute him, because they named a special counsel, right? And they've already named a special counsel for Trump. Right. So if they want to let Biden off, they're going to have to let Trump off. If they want Biden to run again, they're going to have to let Trump run again. And, like, that they'd rather run against Trump at this point Well, because he's burned himself so bad. I actually, uh, Bongino put it this way with, the, with the, each of them having their own special counsel. They're, this isn't the same special counsel. What if, what if you have you're setting up the scenario where uh, Trump's Biden counsel just leaks like a sieve, but you never hear a word out of Biden's? What if Trump? What if Biden's finds him not guilty, but Trump's finds him guilty? How how beneficial to that how, is though? that to the race? That's that's I, I don't I actually I don't, I don't think I, it is people would beneficial. I don't know how that's. Well, that's what Bongino said. I think that you might get such a bad pushback on that that it might back yeah. it backfire on you. Yeah. But the whole idea of the leaking, one of them's leaking like crazy and the other one's not. I mean, it's 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 not good. Here's the the, the next part of this is like think about this. The two leading candidates, one from each <laughs> of the two parties are under yeah. special investigation. How screwed up have these criminals made and, and all their bureaucrat lackeys made our pol political system? Well, what does that say about all yeah, that, us and all astounding. these people involved? They all just need to go home, flush the toilet, and start all over from scratch because they have turned this place into the, so horrible that both of the leading candidates are under special investigation, and that's our option to vote for president. 
not it's not going to be my option in the primaries. Well, I understand that, but as of right now, it is third party. Not third. to men- not to mention that. Okay, if you're saying that part of the screwed up system is that we are investigating somebody who is not at fault at all, because Donald Trump does not deserve to be under investigation for this. No, but. That's part of this. The the thing is, you've yeah, got a, bar, a major up. portion of this system going after something that is a non-issue. And at the same time, I'm sorry, but you've got a, a narcissist to the level of Donald Trump that just invited this. Hey, did you guys hear? Did you guys? <laughs> did you guys hear the clip of Geraldo Her- Her- Rivera after the whole Biden classified documents thing? No. Um, this guy, this guy on uh, Twitter, this ALX, I don't know who it is. He was that guy that was banned off of uh, Twitter for like a long time. Well, he's got this clip where Geraldo is like, nah, 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 nah. Uh, we got you. You got Trump, but we got you. And he's talking about how, because Geraldo is a garbage and he hates Republicans. So he's saying that how, you know, Republicans are using it like, aha, look, we got you back. Okay. That, that that that's all they're doing with this. Here it is. It's the, listen. Nah, 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 nah. We got you. You got Trump. Now we got you. <laughs> I don't know why, but that just makes that so funny. Who nah, is nah, that? Nah, 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 nah. We got you. You got Trump. Now we got you. It's Geraldo Rivera. <laughs> that's Geraldo. Yeah. Listen. Nah, 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 nah. We got you. <laughs> you got Trump. Now we got you. Okay, that Nana part kind of gets funnier. Uh, he's obviously, know, that's the thing, he's obviously been drinking. <laughs> I mean, he's been hanging out with Nancy. Nobody <laughs> sober does that. Every time it's funnier. Nah, 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 nah. We got you. You got Trump. Now we got you. <laughs> I don't know why, but yeah, it just catches just me so off guard at first, but now it's getting funny. <laughs> so anyway, he was saying that obviously about how you know. It's basically just the Republicans going, ha, gotcha. It's not, though. It no, isn't. It's kind of a big deal. It isn't that. <laughs> it's a really big deal. And Geraldo Rivera is literally doing, like, the mocking noise of a small, of a tiny child. It's not a joke. It's really, really serious. But it is yeah. funny, also. But only the Geraldo part is funny. Him and, him and Bongino always go at it big time. And Bongino's yeah, right each other. every single time. Yeah, that, that's the thing is, what's the meme out there now that like uh, uh, conspiracy theorists are up 37 nothing? <laughs> At least. Yeah. 37 and O, the conspiracy theorists lead. I have not seen. And that's, and that's like true. A, and it's, I have and not seen what? like a sitting member of Congress okay, I don't know. murder a child in front of a statue of Moloch, but that's the only one left. I haven't seen enough definitive evidence that 9-11 was an inside job. Yes. I was going to say, there's a couple we need to put some, like, what type of conspiracy theorists are you talking about? Because you got the 9-11 was an inside job people. You got the the moon landing was fake people. Okay. Okay. They're, they're basically talking about all the stuff since COVID started and all, <laughs> yes. the, and all the social media censoring and all that I'm kind expecting of stuff. to see Alex Jones's fish people within the month. <laughs> <laughs> pig, pig man. Pigman, we know Pigman's pig real. Pigman, huh? We He's know Pigman's a... real. We've seen Seinfeld. We know. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say he was? He's no, just, he's a, just a, a short, he's just fat, a mental short patient. fat mental patient. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kramer just wants to make uh, sure that George's car has room for Pigman, though. So, um, a topic that is pretty dear to my heart i've i've mentioned before that i serve at uh, our local crisis pregnancy center or pro-life pregnancy center um there's a couple stories in this vein one the first one that 210 house democrats voted against a bill require requiring medical care for babies born alive after an abortion attempt um however i think what got missed in this like yeah that's outrageous but this is not the first time that they voted, they voted this down previously when it was a Democrat-held House. And this time, at least it passed because the Republicans hold, but that is crazy. Did you see the clip where 
Um, Schumer. Is it Schumer? No. Tries to explain Nadler. that it's dangerous. Nadler. Nadler. You yeah, might have Jerry to take Nadler. them. You might have to take them to a hospital. Yeah, and he's like, and that could, uh, 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 that may yeah, not always mandates, be the the best, the most beneficial thing to do. It might not be helpful in some cases to take them to a hospital. It mandates medical treatment just... that might be actually dangerous. Taking them to the hospital <laughs> might be dangerous. Here's what. Okay. Here's what. And if his understand. if he's actually concerned about that, then you just put you amend it and say like, you know, that you do the whatever treatment is most likely to save them. Right there on the spot. But, yeah, that's all. But, but here's that's the all thing. you have to that, say. They're not going. They, don't they actually can't care. do that. A, a pregnant, a plan, a, a, par- a planned parenthood place where they're performing abortions cannot do that. It undermines their entire business model. Care here, for the baby if yes. they're born alive. Here is representative. You can't have Jerry ambulances Nadler. rolling up in front of the planned parenthood with a with a lobby full of women waiting to have abortions. You can't do that. Accurate. Here you go. Here's Jerry Nadler saying that it's dangerous to take babies to hospitals. The problem with this bill is not that it makes anything, that it is not that it provides any new protections for infants. The problem with this bill is that it endangers some infants by stating that that infant must immediately be brought to the hospital, where, depending on the circumstances, that may be the right thing to do for the health and survival of that infant, or it may not. That is the problem with this bill. It, it, it um, um, directs and, and mandates a certain medical care, which may not be appropriate, which may be in danger the life of an infant in certain circumstances. Tell me, what treatment can you give a baby uh, in a, a Planned Parenthood oh. that you can't give in an ambulance? None. None. There, that that in every situation, I don't think that that makes sense. Okay, did you hear the? There's a female congresswoman. She's she says she's a Christian, pro-choice congresswoman, trying to justify being pro-choice and using scripture and using Jeremiah one five, which says, "Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet among the nations." She uses the first part of that and somehow like twists it into this way of being pro-choice. And I'm like, how in the world? No, that's pro-life. Woman is pure. Yeah, normally that's if someone pro-choice would pro-life. avoid would avoid that verse. But, but here's the bottom line with the abortion. Why you think why would they be so crazy on this? They can never ever give a reason to why you should save a baby because the moment you do that, you're saying there is value to this child's life and it is it needs to be saved. They can never say that and be pro-choice, pro-abortion. The moment you say this child should be saved, you're saying it has value. You know, would you dare even divine? I mean, you you just can't do it. That's why they say these so most bizarre things, and and everybody knows it's insane, and they know that we know that it's insane, and seventy seven percent of Americans say no, you shouldn't be aborting. They might give you ten weeks, twelve weeks, fifteen weeks, but they're not giving you full term and then aborting. You know, seventy seven percent of Americans say no. I want to know what method is used within the Democrat Party where they determine who has to go out and say these things that the American people know is absolutely insane. How do they choose that poor person that has to go make that statement like like Jerry Nadler just did? No, it's easy. It's Corinne Jean-Pierre. Be like, no, I'm not saying it. You make her, make her, make KJP say it. She'll she say doesn't anything. say it though, because no. we're 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 just letting the process play out, and I'm not going to speak to that. That's what she says. But no, okay, here's a statement the thing. like you, Jerry Nadler if you made. Put that on the teleprompter. Biden will read it. You can't put any cues on there, also, because he'll read those as well. You but also anything that you want said in public, you just put it on the teleprompter. No, but he's going to read it. Okay, but I mean, like what Jerry Nadler said everybody knows that and i heard a woman making the same case a a, a female democrat making the same case that you know that 
um, there might be uh, a hospital might be hours away. Well, where where are you in the middle of Wyoming or Montana? <laughs> I mean, is our Planned Parenthood in the middle of nowhere in Montana? Um, that just doesn't no, exist. The Planned so, Parenthoods are in the urban areas. That's where right. The black population so, is highest. <laughs> so my point is, they're going out and saying that they know. They're saying something that they know America knows is a complete lie, and yet they go out and say it anyways. Who who says? Oh, I'll go do that. Uh, How do they choose who has to do that? They're doing the exact same thing with this that they do with everything. They they give the most extreme examples that show what they want, and they use that one example. It's the same thing with like saying, "Oh, well, intersex people are real." Yeah, yeah, you're right. They are real, and they are a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of society. Right. And so this is this is the same thing. Or, or they always say, oh, well, for the life of the mother. Yeah, or, the anomaly or does not prove the norm. And yes, exactly. So they always pick some crazy outlier situation to justify why it should apply across the board. Okay. Same thing. Yeah, oh, you have right. a hospital that's hours and hours away. It's the same thing. Well, it doesn't exist. That, that scenario doesn't exist. Um, so do we have time? For, can we do a little bit of mockery now? Why, why does Jerry um, Nadler? Because I have another. Who are we mocking? Oh. Jerry Nadler, why does he wear his pants literally above his nipples? <laughs> he's old. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. But oh, he like used firm? to be really, really fat. But he's not anymore because he had gastric bypass. So he but he just still wears, wears, he wears his pants, pants above his nipples. Yeah. Oh, did you hear me? It's insane. Yeah, like firm. Does he look, yeah, he looks like firm. <laughs> no, firm looks good compared to Jerry Nadler. <laughs> if okay. you put a little hat on top of Jerry Nadler, he'd look like Wimpy in Popeye asking, you know, getting a hamburger oh. and he'll give he he'll definitely give you looks like tomorrow. the old version of like either Tweedledee or Tweedledum from the Alice in Wonderland there cartoon. you go yep That's he good. makes he makes uh from Abbott and Costello he makes <laughs> Abbott I think he's a he makes him <laughs> look like he's sagging <laughs> okay all the images oh no okay I found one. maybe he just has a really short torso no <laughs> no okay no, um, all all of his uh, like all of his vital organs would not fit in that space. <laughs> all of his vital organs, the front to back. All of his vital organs are in his rear end. They're horizontally yeah. everything except for his heart, which doesn't exist, <laughs> and his brain. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, so right. another topic in this vein is that the FDA approved the um the mis- mifepristone which is the abortion pill medical abortion pill to be which they call that a medical abortion versus a surgical abortion which i think is weird because why not all... call it a pharmaceutical abortion yeah anyway so they approved the abortion pill to be sold in like your everyday pharmacy and so cvs and walgreens have both announced their intention to carry it and of course they've also said this is gonna be like in accordance with each state's laws we're going to have to train our people and all this stuff. Um, Live Action put out a petition to sign to keep them from um, doing this. So we'll link that. You please sign it. I don't know that, you know, they'll listen because they don't care. They bow the knee to well, this the is, woke. But this is a business it'll send decision. a message. This is a business decision to yeah. carry a product that uh, enough people on the enough people want to purchase. I'm, I'm interested. Um, it's mifepristone only, which the abortion pill. So you have to take... Um, you take mifepristone first, and then and a couple of days later, you take another drug called mifepristol. And the mifepristone, what it, all, all it does is it blocks progesterone, which is necessary for the continuation of a pregnancy, so it kills the embryo. And then later, you would take the mifepristol to induce the expelling of the embryo. And so I don't know how that's working. Like, you can get that over the counter, but then... Then what do you do? Because so, you're gonna have to expel right. it. We'll switch it to we'll switch the name. I think instead of pharmaceutical to drug induced. That sounds worse. Mer- yeah, so I like it, it does. better. Drug induced um, abortion because it makes it sound terrible, which it is. Just because I like serving in this industry. Well, the abortion pill, first of all, has been terrible. The rise of it, like you can get it over prescribed over the phone, all this stuff. It really is um, cut in on pro life center's abilities to meet women because they don't necessarily even have to go in anymore so we see less women um but also like one of the things we do is educate them on the because you know they don't get told the facts of what's going to happen um and like really prepared for it um it's normal just so people know 
when they if you're ever talking to someone and this ever comes up where they're thinking about it um just tell them the facts it's normal to, for women to bleed for six, nine to 16 days afterward and there's all kinds of like cramps pains headaches nausea vomiting um but then some women will bleed up to 30 days and then also one in a hundred women so it's not common but it would be terrible actually need a dnc which is like they go in and scrape the uterus right. to stop the bleeding um also, this pill, it's approved for up to 10 weeks, so 70 days since your last menstrual or period, um, or LMP, we call it. So up to this, at the seven-week mark, so 49 days, there's an 8% failure rate for the pill, so the pregnancy still um, is viable after that. And women will then elect to either carry it, which then increase risk for birth defects, or go through with a surgical abortion. So 8% failure rate up to seven weeks and then that seven to eight week window it goes up to a 17 percent failure rate and then beyond that it goes up to a 22 percent failure rate and the other thing they don't prepare women for is they t- also tell you like oh then take this the expelling one at home and so you'll expel the embryo the baby in your home so you better tell somebody that what you're doing because you might not be okay afterward also after the eight week mark Eight week mark. It's possible that you will see recognizable body parts say, you are, of at, your baby when point, it is expelled in your toilet. Right. I was going to say and that, but there you're is not, no. You're not. There's nothing to reported about what nobody studies. Yes, nobody has studied the rates at which, like, how that affects women, the mental, the emotional toll um, that that has afterward. So something. Yeah, you're not expelling an for. embryo. You're expelling a fetus. Yeah, yeah. and um, the other thing is. People should know, everyone should know right now that um, if you do, if you know somebody or if you, you know, down the road, whatever, if you end up taking that first pill, um, you can, they do have a reversal treatment. You can go in and get like progesterone shots that is available to you if you regret it um, and don't want to go through with it. So you should know that. Yeah. We live in, it's, it's, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Should have done the Geraldo clip after this. <laughs> Play it again. I'm super. I'm super bummed. I don't have it queued up. Oh. I got rid of I'm it. Sorry, already. but it's important. It is. Yeah. It is. We just should have started with it. And and, and that is why. <laughs> and that is. But but bringing this topic up is one of the reasons. I mean, there's a valid reason to put this legislation forth. But the De- the Republicans right now are putting a number of legislation uh forth because they want to get people on the record of voting yeah um, how they vote like like the you know disbanding the irs and stuff like that that they've which is never isn't going to happen from this vote because you got to have the senate and even then i i understand that these 20 people that opposed um kevin mccarthy you know are, are i believe very legitimate in what they're trying to do but I have a question about a lot of the Republicans because they were in the House when we also had the Senate and we had the White House and they did nothing. Now they can propose and vote for all this stuff because they know it's never going to go through because the Senate's not going to pass it and Biden's not going to sign it. So how sincere is it for a lot of these people? We were still in the midst of that whole thing when we during the last show. So we haven't talked about the concessions that are awesome. Yeah, they're pretty pretty significant uh i like the idea that he's going to suggest because i still think I, I think they have to vote i don't think that mccarthy's word is final when it comes to um the chair of the house judiciary being jim jordan but no it's he, not he puts him forward and then they vote on it and i don't so i can't imagine anybody if, opposing that yeah so he's going to put jim jordan forward and unless people vote no and if they do vote no he can put him forward again um just like they did with house <laughs> just like speaker. they did um so <laughs> So they can, um, so that that's good. And then a, I think it's a subcommittee to that committee um, is going to be specifically to investigate uh, federal law enforcement, and that's going to be headed by Thomas Massey. Yeah, which is also awesome. On top of that, they're they are got a guaranteed vote on the floor for term limits, which even though that's not going to pass, it at least puts them on the record, which they never have been before. It puts them on the record for yes or no. Um, there is the, um, instead of passing omnibus bills for funding, they have to present the 12, what is it? What do they call them? I just went blank. It starts with an A. 
12 there's 12 different like the way that the Areas, budget is broken yeah, up so yeah there's like i don't know what the actual word is appropriations like, uh, yes. yeah appropriations yes, yes 12 appropriations so i actually wasn't paying attention at first but okay <laughs> so that's what it is and they have to do all of those independently so you're not just going to get one big omnibus bill where oh well if you want to pass this then you also have to pass this um that they don't do that anymore not to mention debate on the floor um and amendments to those which um chip Roy, when he spoke, he he said, like, as long as I've been here, we have never done this. We have never. I, I, this is like the first time that some of those, uh, you know, I think we did. Yeah, talk it's about been this like twelve time. or fourteen. It was the first time that it's been any, like twelve the, or fourteen years since filled. they did a budget. Like, like, yeah, like fourteen years since they've actually done a budget the way that's supposed to be done. So they got that, and that's awesome too. So all, all the concessions, so for, uh, I like, uh, and also they did get a uh, single vote. Uh, to vacate the chair so only one motion has to be made to vote for a new speaker yeah which it was like that all the time up until nancy pelosi is the one who changed the rule okay so so let's also talk about what they've done they they voted to not fund the eighty-seven thousand additional irs agents i'm not sure how that's going to work because i can't imagine the senate and the white house being on board with that do they have to i'm not sure I'm, I'm because isn't, I'm really the whole thing about, isn't the whole thing about Congress being the purse strings? The Senate isn't. Right, but but even if when they when they present a budget, then they have to it has to have to go to has to have to go to the Senate. So I, I'm not sure how all that works. Um, but and then they voted to disband the IRS and go with like a consumption tax. Now, I I mean I just would like to just point. I think we touched on this a while back. I. I kind of like the idea of a consumption tax, not because I think a flat tax isn't better, because I do like the idea of a flat tax probably better, where everybody just, I mean, you don't get more than God, okay? God gets 10%. Um, the government doesn't get more than God. But anyways, um, proportionally, everybody is paying the exact same thing. A consumption tax is based on the fact that, well, you decide what you want to buy and how much of it you want to buy, and that determines what the taxes that you pay. So if you don't want to pay as much, don't go out and consume as much. However... The advantage I see of a consumption tax is you literally do not need an IRS. You, you can pretty much get rid of a whole department within the federal government that, that takes employs all these people and spends all these billions of dollars. You don't need them if you have a consumption tax. Because we're already would, collecting consumption tax at, you know, at like yeah. the county and state level and— yeah, I would argue that that's the that that should be the only thing that exists. I don't even know if there should really be a federal tax at all. I think it should be about the states, and then the states give money to the federal government, and because the only thing that they're supposed to do is protect our borders, and um, you know, uh, but that would require you to cut, which I would love, basically every federal program other than protecting the country. Yeah, I mean, the first one would be go be the Department of Education because we don't need them controlling our local school, you know, five miles down the road from Washington because of the money that they dole out. It has but, never been more obvious that we don't need the Department of Transportation either. Yeah, we absolutely I, don't need that. I, did because you see the Babylon he, Bees? He can't the do, Babylon Bees article. He that obviously he has fell no asleep power. On the, he fell asleep on the stop all air travel button. Um, <laughs> I back to the. Tax, though, think about this, just to put it in very simple terms. Our founders, one of the primary things that they rebelled over was taxes. Paying high taxes, paying taxes on items that shouldn't be taxed because the government just wanted to tax them, and taxation without representation. If there was one thing that our founders intended for the Constitution to limit, it was the taxation powers of our federal government. So yeah, I just I just think state I think state governments, county governments should be in charge of taxes and then state revenues should fund the federal government, national defense, things like that. There's no reason that it shouldn't be like that. Not to mention it, it basically forces the federal government to play nice with states because at the end of the day, states have all the power other than what is enshrined in the Constitution, period. Um, there's a lot of argument that a federal income tax isn't even constitutional. They had to well, make an amendment. They, they did. They had an amendment in I think it was 1913. Otherwise, there was no income tax the way that we know it today. Um, but, you know, another thing, just a quick note on this area of economics, I guess. Um, discussing all this stuff with 
we could have major, major problems with um, if the world people in the world stop using the dollar as the petrodollar and start doing business with, you know, in rubles or, or whatever. Um, if that happens to the U.S., then that basically is what's keeping us from just going into hyperinflation because they'll start dump the countries that maintain dollars so that they can buy oil. There's no reason for them to have those dollars anymore and they'll just dump them. And now you've got even more dollars out there chasing even fewer goods. You're looking at hyperinflation. Yeah. You'll um, have like Venezuela's yeah. $2,000 for a chicken. So it's one of the reasons why this idea of Bitcoin has been out there so popular now for a little while, because when we were on the gold standard, it was essentially like Bitcoin. There's only a finite amount of it. That's why you go back to like in the six watch show TV shows like in the seventies and they treat like thirty five hundred dollars like the way we view, you know, fifty thousand dollars today, seventy thousand dollars. Because the dollar had so much more purchasing power because it was tied to a finite asset like gold. And that's what Bitcoin is. There will never be any more Bitcoin than there is right now. They're not going to create more. You can of it. mine it. Just like you can mine gold. Yeah, yeah. So which, I don't know. What I don't that really means, understand. They always talk that, about mining yeah, Bitcoin. So, <laughs> any, I think I think that's mostly you're acting as like a, a, an intermediary to do these exchanges. I I don't know. Anyways, but it's the same principle, and it's why there is value. We could never go back onto the gold standard though, because there's just way too many dollars out there in circulation. There's not near enough gold to cover it. So. I just watched, actually a little bit ago, this a Brett Cooper video, and she talks about this trend of young women shaving their heads. And when I was watching it, I just had a thought that is there a spiritual underpinning to this because of the way that like hair, especially like women's hair, you didn't it's cut it, glory. and it's really tied to like religious. Yeah, and it's their glory, and they only sh and people would even men would shave their heads when they were mourning or like a loss of something, right? Like Job, it's like the the um, ripping your, you know ripping your tunic, wearing sackcloth, shaving your head. Um, and I just like wondered if there, if you think that there's some a spiritual underpinning to this. They love Sinead O'Connor <laughs> and Britney Spears. That's it. It certainly is a, a It's a rebellion. It's a rebellion thing. against what you're telling me my classic role is, as, as a woman yeah. is. I mean, that's the first and foremost thing, but... Everything is spiritual. I mean, we know that. And it's, it's just, becoming yeah. more and more obvious. So I would have to say yes. And I I pointed, this is something I wrote down on our notes, like because I know this the Davos World Economic Forum is coming up. Um, yeah. I saw a headline where they have 500 armed guards for their, for their meeting in Davos. Yeah. That's, if that doesn't tell you what gives you some idea what this is going on but i could have I, 500 armed people i could have like 10 times that from the little town that we live in though yeah but these are serious people with a, that's why america is the best people but that's why america is the best because i could find you five i could find you 500 armed men in like 10 minutes if <laughs> if that if klaus schwab and the World Economic Forum, we look at them as being these evil Bond villain, you know, nut jobs that you, you're going to live in the pod, own nothing, eat bugs and be happy. We're in control. Shut up and do what you're told. We'll have, you know, your digital current. We'll turn your money on and off, your car on and off, all those kinds of things. And we look at it as evil, but it's not. It, this is what clicked with me. It's not just evil. It's spiritual evil because and here's what made me think of it. Why? How does a a president, a prime minister, a king of a nation willingly choose to subordinate themselves to an unelected, self-appointed head of an NGO. If I'm the president of the United States, I'm the most powerful man in the world. And I choose to subordinate myself to Klaus Schwab. That's spiritual. It's their religion. That you, especially when power is like their highest virtue, the thing that they're after. Right. Yeah. It is like 
bowing to Satan to get what they view as more power, like selling your soul to the devil. For Now, you could be far more powerful by being the president of the United States and saying, look, Klaus, go down, go sit in the corner and shut up. We're not doing what you, but the, so there's something that spir- requires too much personal. There's something, but there's, there's something spiritual behind that strength though. Yeah. Yeah. And Joe Biden is the most insecure person in political office. Maybe him and Swalwell. I don't know which one's worse. I would say, yes, it takes a level of, of confidence and uh, yeah, self-confidence to say, no, I'm going to be most powerful by but just exercising my It'd be will, so but. easy to be the most powerful man in the most powerful country for the United States. It, it, it's, it's at our fingertips. All we have to do is just be America. And and the, the thing is, is be America. I could make America so much greater almost overnight. By Again? Like, again. But the thing is, you do it in a way that... Make America even greater. All of the... all Everybody can benefit from it. If they want to partner with us, they're going to, you know, the rising tide lifts all ships. That everybody can benefit from it. It's not exclusive that only America is the one that will benefit. And and by doing so, and by other people being more prosperous because of your prosperity, it, stable, it, it, it solidifies your position because their prosperity is tied to your prosperity. It's just so strange. It's, that's why I say it's spiritual. Because this is that makes no sense in the natural. I have a question um, because I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Cage, you would know the answer probably better than anyone. Um, I just saw on Mister Guns and Gear that the ATF is going to label pistol grips, basically, you know, outlaw them. Pistol, pistol grips? braces. Pistol braces. I'm sorry. Oh. So so now here's my question though. How the ATF is not a legislative body. How can they do that? Well, the precedent that's going to get used for this and it's going to get shot down. Number one, they just reversed the whole bump stock ban thing, which this is essentially in the same spirit of that. Right. I just see this as something they're going to do that's going to get reversed. The other thing that's going to shoot it down is they're going to use for um, for their next case. They're going to use um, as as precedent, which sometimes does apply they're going to use the case where they just recently said that the cdc is not a governing body and does not get to you know dictate they can't make legislation right and they they, no it was actually targeted at the epa the epa was not allowed to um right we've we've legislate to people that they that they think are hurting the environment. That, Speaking, that does not give right. them the right to do that. So they're going to use that case. Chevron. I, ha- I have to imagine, yes. I have to imagine that they're going to use that case where they went after the EPA to go after the ATF and say, hey, same so thing So why does you. the ATF do, do this when they know they're, they're going to get shot down? I mean, because... Oh, people last, are going to get really excited about it. Last and then hurrah. the Democrat fundraising, lawmakers are going to make a... Fundraising yeah. opportunity. Because, yeah, they, that's part of Speaking of how garbage Washington and our politicians have turned into, this is part of the problem. They allowed bureau, bureaucrats to legislate for decades. It's part of the, It's why we are, in a lot of ways, why we are where we're at. Yeah. I think it's just their last push is all. It, it, I, I, I would hope that it gets shot down. A lot of things they've done recently have, and it's— the, and the, usually, the, at least the le- the legal decisions have seemed to be getting better, even though the bureaucracy seems right. to be getting worse. The the, bure- the bureaucratic policy, though, that they try to put in place stands until there's a legal case to be brought, and even then, then a judge has to say, "Yeah, you have you have standing to bring the case." Standing, yeah. Hey, so. I have I have one last. Thing. I think I know why the girls are shaving their heads. There's two things that it could be. They want to look like Either, M&Ms? Yes. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. They're inspired by the female-only M&M bags, <laughs> and they want to look like the M&Ms, so they're shaving their head. Okay, well, you can't bring that up without me throwing out there <laughs> that everyone's talking about this whole M&Ms doing their whole female empowerment thing. Like, meanwhile, like, they've been... We've nobody talks about the fact that Nestle and Mars, Hershey, and all these other 
chocolate factories have been in lawsuits Willy for, Wonka. Year, for a couple years for child slavery lawsuits about their cocoa sourcing. Yeah. And this has gone on for like decades and stuff using child labor and child yeah. slavery. And I just want to throw that out there. Th- those company CEOs are like, how can we keep up with Willy Wonka? He's got all those Oompa Loompas and we <laughs> so have, to have to resort to using children. children for free. <laughs> we can't I, keep I, up. Oompa Loompas work for free. I don't, I don't know how though they can say that these are female M&Ms when they're tr- obviously transgender, some of them. Because a peanut, the yeah, other side the plus size one some is clearly a peanut M&M. Yeah. Oh, the so, peanut's a dude. The, I, no, I, as far as they I made knew, a new purple. They made a new, pr- a new purple and they're all, plus size female. M&M. Plus size? It's clearly a peanut M&M. Did, did you say plus size? I term plus size. But they put extra <laughs> layers of chocolate on it? No, the peanut M&M's bigger. Oh. But wouldn't that, that would make it a transgender M&M, right? If it's well, a female, but a trans it has woman nuts? is a woman, according yes. to these people. So, so a trans M M&M and M is an M M&M. and M. I so okay. The one other thing that I think that it could possibly be women shaving their heads is that they want their husbands to slap men in the face that talk bad about them. That's right. Yeah. New GI Jane. GI Jane too. Keep my wife's name out your. Well, uh, that's what uh, Eddie. I guess Eddie Murray. Uh, Murphy used that joke at, uh, yeah, at Golden Globes. Three things yep. he had learned to make him successful in in, in life. Will Smith's and, wife's yeah, that name. Was number three. I don't remember what the first yeah. two were, but the last one no. was to keep Will Smith's name out your out your mouth. Wife's name. But, out yeah. Your mouth. Did you see that Ohio State named Brian Hartline the offensive coordinator? I did just now in the notes. And I, I like that if it means I approve. That. I'm greatly approve. Because that means that Ryan Day wasn't Ryan Day basically acting as the yeah. offensive coordinator. Yes. Oh, I like and this Brian better Hartline. Than... Brian Hartline was a wide receiver coach, and I mean, let's be real, we have the best wide receivers. Oh, the ab- absolutely the best. And I also think that elevating Brian Hartline to a position like that is going to we'll keep, keep him. him from leaving because because he could go be a head he coach. He was so yeah. good, and yeah. I think doing this. Also gives an indication that Brian Hartline may be the coach in waiting. Keeps him around for two years. <laughs> yeah, I don't no, see no, Brian. No. Day, I don't see Brian Day going anywhere anytime soon. Where's uh, he going to go? Sorry, but right now, Ryan Day to me has a legacy of losing to Michigan, and I don't care how successful you are. If you keep losing to Michigan, you're gone. It's the same reason why I think C.J. Stroud will never, ever be considered a great Ohio State quarterback. You lost to Michigan twice, and then you left. You are. A loser. <laughs> a loser. Don't you think don't you think though that this means that they might beat Michigan though? With yes, Brian I do. Hartline as the offensive coordinator. Yes, and I do. so then what is that? I think will that get attributed to him or will that be like, oh Ryan Day? It'll get attributed to Hartline. If I were coaching, I would pull up this this end of season playoff, the end of the year playoff and say, Look, you lost to Michigan and then you went in. Yeah. And you just almost beat Georgia, and you sh- could and should have beat could we could have beat Georgia, and the team that Georgia destroyed beat Michigan. Now let's go outside this year and actually play and beat Michigan. This is ridiculous. Because uh, like I said, they, they, they have, they have so much talent that the only reason they lose is because they just don't come prepared and they don't show up to play. I I just think that we're we're used to seeing like Harbaugh lost to Ohio State a lot. In the beginning, obviously, like five times in a row. But they had had a, a, a recent history of losing to Ohio State. I don't think that an Ohio State coach loses to Michigan three times in a row and keeps their job. Just because we're so used to. I, I was saying, like, I do think that the loss, the losses have done, you know, they are good for the rivalry in the sense that people like, you know, my age, we've really only known a domination. And it re, you know, ignites that. Rivalry. That rivalry. Yeah. I have Certainly. I have it has taken me two years to instantly flip back to I don't care if we go five hundred <laughs> as long as we beat Michigan. <laughs> I don't care if we win two games, if one of them's Michigan, I'm happy. I have flipped back to that level of Ohio was, State Michigan rivalry. I mean, Trestle when he came in and Urban Meyer when they came in, oh, like that was their we're gonna goal. beat Michigan. Like, that's all that's number what they one said. goal is beat yep. Michigan. That's how we play. Well, hey. I'm I'm back to that. So, I don't know what next week's going to look like because I'll be in 
LA, but I was talking with some friends. We have some friends here that are from the like LA area, like East LA, um, Bell Gardens, like super familiar Born with that and Downey. In East they LA. and we were talking about the area and all this stuff. They don't know El Taco. Now, however, they are like real Hispanics, like true Mexicans, and they did say if we want good Mexican, we just go home. <laughs> like we just make it at home. <laughs> but uh, I home at home is it. in and their house like, or Mexico? Her- yeah, their house. No, their house. By the way, but true, I was- true Mexican is like that show True Blood, but with chupacabras <laughs> instead of vampires, right? <laughs> I, no. no. So, <laughs> so I like told her where it was. She's like, I'm like scanning Florence Avenue in my head, and I like can't see it. So I said, Okay, well, I'm definitely gonna have to Florence go. Florence Avenue, take a just picture. just off of Reeves, down yeah, go down Reeves and turn I'm right gonna, on Florence. She knows like the little the little strip mall that's like right okay. next to it. She was thinking of that. So I'm going to send her a picture of El Taco and my burrito in hand. Yeah. Man, um, you're making my mouth water now. I, I can <laughs> taste the carne asada burrito. Yes. You taste the guac? With the cilantro. No, nah, the cilantro in it is what sets it off for me. Yeah, but remember Kate and that guac? When he, that's oh, like, yeah, yeah. Although the, the guac's yeah, not as the, good the anymore. The guacamole is not as hot as it used to be. No. They, they toned it down after they Kate had to suck on a wash rag all the time to eat it. It was so spicy, but I couldn't stop eating it. It was too good. <laughs> It made me good. literally cry, <laughs> and I still would it's eat so it. so good. We done? I guess. I had some. Oh, no. No.